I'm Andy Leroy and this is That Entertainment Podcast. Dante Blair took out the Deadly Funny Awards in Melbourne last year in 2022 and she is travelling down to here from Mianjin, Brisbane as part of the Aboriginal All-Stars in the Fringe Festival 2023. And it was my absolute pleasure to have a chat with her. Before we begin to, I'd like to acknowledge traditional custodians on the lands on which I'm meeting you from the Trubal and the Yagara people here in Mianjin, Brisbane, and also acknowledge custodian from where you're um, broadcasting from in South Australia. So just to so let um, you know, the, the listeners know that um, I acknowledge ancestors and um, you know, always was, always will be Aboriginal land, no matter where we are in this country, and Torres Strait Islander land as well. So I just like to say that before we begin as well. Thank you, Jansi. I think it's always important to do that as well. And I'd like to also acknowledge the Ghana um, Aboriginal elders and custodians past and present. I think Wonderful. there's always an awkward sometimes with us whitefellas and being able to do that, not knowing the right words to say if we're going to trip it up. Do you find that? Mm. Um, no, not really. I, I think um, we're all on a learning journey together and um, it's not about being right or wrong, but when you know better, you do better. I, yeah. That's Maya Angelou, one of my favorites. When you know better, you do better, you know, and um, um, and it's about, um, especially at my age, you know, I think when I won Deadly Funny 2022, I people say who's your favourite comedians and I go it was my aunties and uncles, my grandmothers and my grandfathers and my cousins who are, I think are the funniest people on the planet. Mm. I never really had a favourite comedian and then my son introduced me and then obviously the Aboriginal Allgars and I've gotten to know a whole slew of comedians just by being in the industry but also around Mianjin, Brisbane because um, I do a lot of open mic here and it, it is an, an incredible um, incredible and amazing um, the number of comedians from all different cultures and backgrounds and you, you never feel like you're the only person of colour in the room. There's not as many Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander people but there's lots of Indian there, you know, Maori, um, Chinese, um, Vietnamese, you know, it's, it, I'm just thankful to be in a in an industry where there is um a lot of cultural representation believe it or not how do you bring the the bachelor mananjali and wapabara perspective into what you do on stage <laughs> i think it's just by being me and who i am and um i usually wear a hippie um made by um, um a friend of mine who's a noongar woman from australia she has been called culture weave and wearing my deadly t-shirt from another KJ, um, KJH artworks here in Brisbane and representing those black businesses on the ground and, and those connections to community. I bring that through just being me on stage and obviously I had a comedian say to me one night, you know, the elephant in the room, I said, what, what are you talking about? Am I an elephant now, am I? <laughs> but I know I put a bit of weight on over Christmas, but hey, come on, that's a bit too rough. Well, we all have, hey, and like, just, you know. <laughs> I know, I think it's about, um, he goes, well, it's just so lovely the way you bring your, your culture and your Aboriginality into the room but by heading on to stage and speaking language and 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 then talking about who you are and and I often say I'm a saltwater Murray and a lot, I, I've been in very 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 non-indigenous rooms. Well, let's just be blunt, white rooms mm, where mm-hmm. there's no other black fellas in the room and they don't know what a saltwater Murray is. They don't know what a Koori is and and it's about an opportunity to say, well, okay, this is what it is and. I tell you what, laughter brings people together. You know, it is uh, after a show, people come up and say, Jandy, I didn't know that about actual cultural people. I said, you know, well, maybe, you know, maybe it'll give you a first knowledge more about this country and whose land you're living on. And you're living on stolen land. Look, this is be blunt. You're on stolen yeah, land. Yeah, absolutely. Never been seated. And I think I just, I bring it through just being me and my ancestors who lived through me. I... I know that behind me, um, culturally, is, you know, I've got so many Aboriginal ancestors that walk beside me that, you know, you can't see them, but they're there with me and they give me the strength. Being a nurse and midwife for nearly three decades, um, I, I had to traverse, you know, overt covert racism in the workplace. But I didn't, when you take a, a, an oath of allegiance to look after people, regardless of whether they like you or not, I take that very seriously. I think comedy's like that too. 
is Kevin, Kevin, you know, Kevin from the author, Kevin Copigno or Copigneri, um, Kevin will say to me, Janti, no matter what audience you have on the night, you love them up, you love them up, you love them up, you treat them with respect mm. and, you know, and I think when you do that and you go in with that mindset, you come out with fans, you come out with people who know a little bit more about you and where you're from and, and, and your place in the world and, and, and it's always good through laughter, like laughter is so healing and so connecting. Yeah, it's really good for our mental health, isn't it, just to have a good chuckle and I, I guess, I you know, know, regardless of of how intense sometimes the subject matter is. I think comedy yeah. is a great leveler if it's used the right way, hey? Oh, absolutely. And I think you've got to be be willing to take, you know, take life travesties and good times and bad times and women and dating and being single and married and kids and and take a spin on it and and deliver it with you know um it's like um the Carl Barons and the Kitty Flanagans and you know and Maggie Walsh Maggie Walsh uh, an Aboriginal who's become a favourite comedian of mine Maggie lives here in Mianjin and she um just even sitting around a table with we have a regular catch up with titties we call it the citizens group so it, it's predominantly Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander women but um we also bring in our friends who are not Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander but it's a place where we can all get together and we know the subject matter is going to be about us and what's happening in our community and hmm. what going on and, and I think what keeps you strong is that connection and that's what's happened with comedy um, I've just made you know the most amazing friends and we're selling um Wes and I shared an apartment in Edinburgh for a week and you, you become close, you, you, you learn about each other on, on intimate levels that you wouldn't be afforded if you didn't get to share that time and space together. And being on stage with, with J.Y. Mar and Shawnee Chilbert as well as Kev, you know, um, we built a very close, tight-knit bond, you know, that um, I, I'd take me, will take me forever, you know, in future. So, There's yeah. a real kind of lovely community energy around all this that I'm sensing and I think that also, you know, you, you spoke of how your elders walk with you and how um, your ancestors yeah. walk with you on stage as well. So how is that for you? to actually know that they're actually beside you as you're actually sending that love into the room with your comedy. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, um, it, it can be very emotional. Like 2022, when I, when I was downstairs waiting to go on stage, we'd be there all day and pairing and you're down in the, in the green room and you don't hear, you can hear the laughter out in the audience. 500 people in, in there. It, it was overwhelming because I've never been on on that level before. And but knowing I had my ancestors, you know, stuff um, tucked safely in my heart, and and in, in, it's in my DNA. You know, I carry them in my DNA. Um, it, it, I think at my age too, I, I'm heading into my, you know, my my um, my third act. I think nothing um, sways you anymore. Look, hard work for me is standing beside a woman and a family and waiting for her to birth a baby and doing 12-hour shifts and then coming back and going home for hours and then coming back in the morning and repeating that. Mm. Um, that really hard work. There's a different level of hard work by being a comedian on stage. And so to me, I'm just having fun with it. And I think having your answers by your side who, and tapping into, oh my gosh, you know, would Nana find this funny? Would my big sister cousin Linda find it funny? You know, because mm. that was some of the funniest people. I don't think I'm the funny person in my family. But what I think I do on stage is channel that energy from from my from my ancestors, from my mob, from my community. And you know, I've had great. I think that the toughest audience is not for me, not for them, is um, waiting to see if they've enjoyed. Like, if my mob enjoyed my humour, can they laugh? And do do I bring them a sense of joy and pride? And it's been hand on heart. It's been wonderful experiences, you know. And the feedback I've got is just. You know, women have come up to me and said, you know what, it's never too late to be who you want to be. And I said, never. I said, follow your dreams and go after what you want, you know. I never thought I'd be... It's not even been a year that I've been doing comedy, you know. It'll be a year um, toward the end of February that I've done comedy, you know. And um, I've just been just blessed with so many experiences and experiences that my ancestors, my, my family, would not have been afforded. And that's where I take great I take great moment to reflect that I'm so blessed to be in this space, you know. Yeah, that's an amazing journey to have in less than a year to go from zero to hero and winning <laughs> winning that award... <laughs> Um, at the, the Deadly Funny Awards down in Melbourne. But um, 
how did you how do you go about taking yourself out of the boxes that sometimes other people want to put us into? So you mentioned that you know you're a midwife for nearly thirty years. Yeah. That must have really kind of been a big jump for you to go. Okay, I'm going to give this a go. Well, it wasn't really. You know why? Because I'd, I'd actually stopped nursing in midwifery a couple of years ago, and when my big sister cousin passed away um, unexpectedly, she was in, in the sixties. I said to myself, and I was working out at Mount Isa as a midwife, and I said, what would I do if I knew what I And I said, it's always been drama and acting. Mm. So I took myself off to and um, enrolled in um, a, a Bachelor of Fine Arts UUT here in the Engine, Brisbane. And um, so I'd been doing that two years, and I did some acting components. So I think, and I've also been an educator and a, and, and um, a taught antenatal birth education program. So I'm used to being in a position of facilitating groups, and I'm comfortable in front of crowds, and I've organised women's events, and I've been MC at a lot of stuff, and I've spoken in NADOC and Reconciliation, you name it, I've spoken that someone's invited me. So, it's all second nature by the sounds of it. Yeah, and but comedy is different. Comedy is um, a whole new ball game. And mm-hmm. I think all my life I've loved having challenges where I've said to myself, you think I can do that? Because I was on a Bumble date in Byron Bay back in February last year and I was at a comedy thing at the Northern Rivers in, in Byron Bay and Mandy, Mandy Nolan, who's well known in the Northern Rivers area, she had COVID but she had come in on site and we'd had all these comedians come on stage and I was looking at them and I thought, there's no one that looks like me. There's no one mm. representing me. Like, And I thought, you know what? I don't know where it came. But something said to me, I think you can do this. So my, my, my Bumble date actually hooked me up with the organiser of the event. Um, he was um, a part of the organising committee hooked me up and two days later I was in Ballina doing uh, my, first, my very first open mic night ever in my entire life and I just killed it and I just I, I honestly I made mistakes I was talking how long have I been on stage I made off, I'm, I'm pre- I think I'm a good improviser I think you have to be when you've been a nurse midwife that long mm-hmm. you've got to know how to improvise in times of when you're dealing with, with catastrophic situations um, things are going wrong how do you cope and how do you remain cool and calm and and you know, I, and it was largely non-indigenous crowd. It was. There was no black fellows in the audience because I always say now, any any mob here, any black fellows here, and obviously no one put their hand out. And mm. um, and I just made a joke of it, you know. And I think it's a willingness to to um to see the light in every situation because comedy on stage really is, is fun and lighthearted compared to what's actually happening out in communities. But there's you know people are doing that in COVID, and you know we've got high rates of domestic violence and elder abuse suicide and all sorts of stuff. And I think for a moment in time, I realised that comedy can take people away from everyday stuff, not not say that it um, downplays it in any way, shape, form. But um, I've, I've put comedy into the It is not the end of the world if I bomb. And I've had lots of nights where I've bombed, you know what I mean? Well, and, yeah, and I guess, n- yeah. Not, and that's yeah. pretty brave to kind of admit too because a lot of people want to kind of put this, you know, the day and age of social media, I mean, you've just said that you've kind of got a gig out of Bumble, which I think is kind of intriguing in itself. Is that, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that could be a new platform you could actually try to get some gigs from maybe. But um, I think in the day and age here with social media, People always want to present the best of themselves and curate this image of themselves that everything's perfect. But, yeah. you know, I think what you're doing there by actually taking people's focus away from these other things every now and then is just giving some downtime because we need that, don't we? Yeah, I think we do. And that's why um, it's really important to have that connection into your own community and know where, you, where you're um, where the people who you can lean lean against. And I love having women in the group that are, you know, 10 to 15 years older than me and, and still looking up to them as my um, my mentors and people that I admire deeply and greatly and knowing that what our ancestors, the path they trod for us to have, you know, all of the stuff that we do have day, you know, you know, you've got to um, put it in perspective. It's all about perspective on the day and on the night. And I go, and the nights I think you think you're bomb. People come up, you know, I think I forgot my lines, I couldn't say this. I'm like, that was amazing. Oh my God, you were so funny. I said, oh, really? I, everything went wrong. And 
And then I realised that you can make even the worst situation look com- comical. So it's about, yeah. you know, taking, putting, you think you have one perspective and people go, oh my God, I just love your show tonight. Oh my God, you're on the stage for five minutes. You just made, you just made me smile and you made me forget about what's going on at home. You made me forget about um, the kids and the stresses and the husband or you made me forget about my breakup for one moment in time. And I think that, that's what I, I love hearing, you know? Yeah, that's, um, it must be nice to kind of feel like, even if you feel like you've formed, we do, you know, awful things to ourselves inside us. <laughs> Ourselves, don't we we kind of think oh you know we'll never do this again because i've just bombed yep. and it's awful and everybody yep. hates me and suddenly says oh, i love you you're great <laughs> you kind of lift each other up and, and look i've got a 26 year old son and he has you know until he left um he got work outside of brisbane and he would come to my open mic night and it's so wonderful to have your son there laughing at you and um the host of the evening who might be they've actually opened and said they're bisexual trying to crack on son good looking son that's sitting next to people <laughs> And he just goes along with it, you know, and um, and he's giving you tip. And he's actually been a co- he's co-writer of mine. I've got friends who are co-writers. And I didn't realise you can actually have this. You can be as medium, have jokes that your friends have come up. But as yeah, long yeah. as you say to them, can I use that joke? Look, a girlfriend of mine last night who is, she's a silly and Australian, and she's one of my co-writers, and she comes up with little tidbits. Or we'll banter off each other, and she comes up with a brilliant joke. It's about 30 or 40 years old, I thought, I'll oh, just try it last night. I tried, oh, look, it went off. It went off like a hit. It was, it was amazing. And you've got to remember, it's after 7.38, so I can't say it on national <laughs> <laughs> I can't share it with you on a podcast. You have to come along. Oh, yeah, you can say it on a podcast for sure, but we don't want to give away the farm, do we? Yeah, exactly. I don't. I have to ask Wes Nelling if I can sneak that into the show. I have to, I have to run that joke by him first. <laughs> <laughs> Censorship. See whether or not he finds that, <laughs> he finds that funny, you know. And comedy has enabled me to um, to create opportunities for myself, and it's also um, given me exposure. I don't have to put a lot of stuff on social media to be popular or to to get work because it, in Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander community, it is word of mouth. Honestly, mm-hmm. Shawnee Children got me some job. Um, and Seth Tisdall got me some job. You know, um, I think being we had a very successful run at Edinburgh last year in August um, with the Aboriginal All Stars. We were we were definitely one of the hits of the of the festival and I think it's that Australian, um, you know, First Nations, you know, whatever you want to call it, First Nations, Aboriginal Torres Strait mob humour that really translated so well into the European population. I was gobsmacked at how much they loved us over there. Um, when we were brooking out in the street, the four of us, singing songs and diddlies and dancing and smiling and laughing um, as a group, that is very attractive and that gets people wanting to come and see more of your show, you know. Um, I couldn't be more proud of that show. It was, and hope, you know, hoping, hopefully, um, you know, the fringe followers and attendees will just love us as much as, you know, um, the people of Edinburgh, Europe and, and all across the world. We had American, Canadian, Greek. Um, yeah, how you cool know, is that? people from you know coming in and and seeing us, and and we had oh gosh, one night we had William Barton. I don't know who Barton, the renowned you know um, didgeridoo player from Mount Isa, and hmm. he came in one night and he got up on stage and played the didgeridoo you know, in our closing song, and you know it brought the house down. You know, and our very last night, you know, we had Jamie ovations and um, having all that and experiencing that five weeks, because then we went to London Soho two nights and coming back to reality and. And this is what Kevin's always remember. Stay humble, mm-hmm. stay grateful, remember your roots and where you came from. And, um, you know, and that Kevin's been in the industry for, you know, you know, well over decades, you know, about 14, 15 years. And so having people around, I think when you're surrounded by your mob who are just, uh, you know, go, we go back to our ordinary lives in our communities, having that sense of connection, we all realise how how, um, how blessed we are to, to be in the position that we are in and, and travelling the world, sharing our but we never forget where we came from, you know. I know if you say that, I'm not 
look, I'm not world famous like, um, you know, um, like the Dave, Sh- Dave Chappelle's coming to give it time. Month. My, my son and I are going to be going to be Dave. Now that interesting because I didn't I didn't know about Dave Chappelle until I got into comedy. I'd never heard of him. Maybe I was a bit. But anyway, um, going to see Dave Chappelle next month here in Brisbane. My son and I are going to be 2027. A few days after, so we're going to be Dave Chappelle and. That's where I learn more about myself is um, by watching other comedians and going, oh, my gosh, oh, I've been in a similar situation. It's so much that no matter what country you come from, you can relate to it, um, which is yeah. amazing. Sorry, what's, I'm talking so much. I'm no, excited. that's all right. That's something I'm learning about you now, that you actually can fill in the void of the interview for me because that's awesome. <laughs> I actually, um, sometimes I'm a get lost for words. So, no, it'd be really a pleasure to talk to you. I don't, I don't mind you talking at all. What would be the funniest thing you've learned about yourself from watching those other comedians? I think it's in, um, to do with everyday life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can tell you, though, being around a younger audience, there's a, there, especially after 8 o'clock at night, they go down pathways that I go, mm, I don't know if I want to talk about that tonight. <laughs> you know, I think there's a bit confronting, you know. Yeah, like, right. um, so the funny thing I've learned about myself is the things that they talk about, those things that are, um, you know, um, 18 plus at night is going, oh, my God, I've experienced those things. Oh, yes, I do find that funny. That's probably what I've learned about myself is they're saying things on day that I've thought and done and experienced in my my. Um, adult life which is, and then I can laugh at myself because these young comedians young when I say younger they're 20, 30, 40 I'm in my 50s mm-hmm. they're saying things that are quite funny but I'm laughing secretly I look some nights like last night I busted myself laughing about something someone said on stage a lot of the overweight comedians love talking about their weight and, and I just go I find that um, I go next I look, you know mm-hmm. and this is probably when I went to this um, the environment nearly every like right Aussie bloke got get up and want to talk about their weight and the issues and I go move on let's just let's just talk about something different I don't want to hear yeah. about your weight and your weight issues you know like get on you know let's talk about something else but what I really love about is I learn a lot from the female comedians mm-hmm. there's not many of us doing it well you know and they've been I'm told not... for years they're not funny you know there's no such thing as a funny yeah. female comedian they used to say <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> jokes on them there is the most amazing female comedians in Brisbane and, and one I came across last night and she was talking about her addiction and just all sorts of stuff and oh look I was being a nurse and midwife especially a nurse because I've worked in um, I've worked in ICUs and A&Es and I've worked remote rural urban you name it I've worked in every single setting and I could really relate to her and the patients I've looked after and I just learnt um, I think what I've recognised in myself is my level of empathy and humanity for those who don't have voices to speak up and she was on stage and I just like I wanted to give her a standing ovation I just thought you are deadly to that. I love hearing the story and it's so relatable and it, and it just makes so much sense and you come through it you know, how much is fiction, how much is the truth? That's the other thing too. You never know because you can be whoever you want on day. Yeah, you present sure. a side of you that, um, you know, no one recognises. And that happened to be a few weeks ago at a different venue that where I totally went off cuff and became a completely different comedian that I've ever been. And my girlfriend who was in the audience who's seen quite a few of my shows goes, oh my God, you just played to the audience that you are, even though that wasn't you in real life. <laughs> and that's what I love too. You can play to it and to become a different person if you want to. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, whatever version of Janty Blair appears on stage at Adelaide Fringe this year, I'm really looking forward to having a look. You're actually performing on the 10th, 11th and 12th of March at the Box at the Garden of Unaffiliated Delight. I'm so excited. Can't wait to come back. And the other thing, we, my dad was in the army so I travelled which I went to 12 different schools and we actually lived in the Adelaide Hills back in the 70s and I lived oh, at cool. a little place called Infrabracky outside Woodside so I'm really hoping that when we get there the first day I can hire a car and I want to go up into the Adelaide Hills go and visit my old high school and go to wine country and I, I, I used to sing in choirs and I used to at the Adelaide 
festival theatre, so I can't wait to come back to your beautiful city. Oh, sounds like you're coming home to some extent, hey? Yeah. Yeah, beautiful. Well, can't wait to see the show, and I really, again, appreciate the time you've given me today, and um, thank you. Chookers, hope all goes well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Check out the show notes for all the dates Janti and the crew are performing in the Aboriginal All-Stars this Fringe Festival 2023. That Entertainment Podcast is a Welcome Change Media production.